Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Goblin. This is the 444 Thursday, March 3rd. Coming up on the show today, we've got your golden nuggets about Nashville SC entering the second weekend of action from the guys over at the Club and Country podcast. We will talk with Josh Ward of WNML about the big season finale in Knoxville, Tennessee, hosting Arkansas, and what does it mean for NCAA seeding. But we begin with John Robinson's comments about the quarterback class from the Combine in Indianapolis. If you own a home, make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group, that's buildkg.com. They are Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm, and it is the only name you need to know before you make any big decisions about your house. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. So John Robinson is up at the Combine this weekend doing all of his diligence, studying every single player and position group throughout the course of the Underwear Olympics over the weekend. He was asked, however, about the quarterback position, and Zach Lyons and myself had a big debate about this on Wednesday's episode, so make sure you go check that out. Should the Titans be targeting a quarterback in the draft? And actually, John Robinson addressed the exact scenario we discussed yesterday on the show. Are there players that could be within reach that they like enough to trade up and draft that are not going to unseat Ryan Tannehill, but that could learn behind him? You know, we do our due diligence on all those cues. Certainly, um, the guys... Um, there's, you know, some in certain drafts where they're way out of our reach because you're picking at the, at the back of the draft and you know they're going to go in the top, you know, three or four picks. Um, but it's something that, that we're mindful of um, and we work through those guys and you're trying to find those guys that, that may be within striking distance that may not, you know, come in and unseat, but you see a future for those guys. Um, and, you know, we're doing that with this with this group here, not saying we'll take one, but that's part of what our job is, is to look at look at all the position groups and and see how and if um, they make sense for our football team and, and in what path or what direction, you know, we, we would go down with those guys. No, I think there's some good players in this in this class at the quarterback position. Got to see a lot of them down at the at the senior bowl. Got to see, you know, and it's different. There's a couple of guys that they're all pretty mobile. Uh, I think they all move around pretty good. Some are a little bit more mobile than others. Some have really big arms. Um, some guys, some guys make I would say maybe more plays with play extension and with their legs running around to create some of those X plays downfield. And, and some guys are more you know, typical rhythm passers that, you know, play better from, from the pocket. So uh, I think stylistically and offensively ever how you're going to um, build your offense, um, there's value with different guys in the draft. That was just a quick comment from John Robinson at the Combine on Wednesday. And again, it sounds, and he hedged his bets there at the end by saying, oh, let's, I'm not saying that's what we're going to do, but this is definitely what our job is, is to evaluate and to see if it's possible and it certainly does sound like it is on their radar to jump up into the late teens and draft their guy should their guy fall to a certain spot in the draft. So it's not out of the question. It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen, but you bet the Titans are looking at a quarterback in this class to sit behind Tannehill for a year. They may not find him. There may not be a guy that they love, but they're definitely looking for him, and that is absolutely what John Robinson just told us on Wednesday. Well, it is Thursday. That means it's time for our conversation with Josh Ward from WNML in Knoxville at Josh underscore Ward. Of course, on the Twitter machine. Josh, good to see you. Um, let's start with Arkansas on Saturday. One hell of a run the Vols are on right now. Arkansas also on one heck of a run. They just played in Bud Walton Arena a couple of weeks ago. You know, certainly a dramatic ending. What do you make of the matchup on Saturday? What's at stake 
in the matchup on Saturday and who do you like in Thompson Bowling uh, this weekend? Well, I'll go ahead and begin by saying I like Tennessee. And when we talk about these two teams, they're both playing really good basketball and have clearly improved as SEC play has gone along. And we've said about both teams, when this team's at home, watch out. Well, Tennessee's at home in this game. And that's ultimately why I really like Tennessee. Neutral court, I think it would be really fun to see these two teams. But uh, I think Tennessee will probably shoot a little bit better than we saw at Bud Walton, maybe not a lot better. I mean, it wasn't like Tennessee shot lights out against Auburn, but I, I think a little bit better, uh, probably a couple less uh, charge calls against Tennessee is my guess uh, in this game. And I just think, really, the crowd's going to be great, as they have been all season. They were last weekend against Auburn, which means Tennessee's defense is probably going to have an advantage against Arkansas. And you got to watch out for Note. He, he's a terrific player. But the way that Tennessee has worked defensively and the pieces just fit perfectly, I think, for what this team wants to be defensively. They'll be good enough on offense, and I think close close out the regular season undefeated at home. What what is? Do you have any idea of what's at stake for both of these teams, frankly, in terms of NCAA seeding? I think Tennessee can probably lock up a three seed. I think there's a good chance, based on what we're seeing, Tennessee appeared to move up here over the last few days to a more comfortable three seed spot. So if Vols can add another quad one win, that would really help for Arkansas. If, if the Razorbacks could win, talk about a quality road win. That's been what's I think held Arkansas back is the schedule's not as good and therefore the resume is not as good, but you go to Knoxville and win against a Tennessee basketball team. That's top 10 in the net be huge for Eric Musselman's team and, and really talk about validation for the improvement this season. So there is uh, a big opportunity. And if we talk about what Tennessee can do, well, the better your seed, the worse your opponent should be in the NCAA tournament, right. which adds to the March conversation that's finally here of how deep can this team's run go? How many final four caliber teams are in the SEC? I mean, I think that the, the easy answer is four, but is it less? Is it Bama as well? Like how, how many final four teams are there in the SEC? Yeah, I think four. I can't say Bama. While I'll say Bama in one game, sure, because they could shoot lights out, and we've seen them against the best in the country perform well enough, but we've seen them struggle enough. Georgia has one win in SEC play. Hello, Alabama. So <laughs> that that's the floor, and that's a terrifying floor. So to be able to win what's required four games in a row against quality competition to get to the Final Four, I don't see with Alabama. I don't think – there will be four teams from the SEC. That's not what you're implying either. But four teams, Arkansas, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, individually, are they capable of going on a run and getting to the Final Four? Yes, I think so. No, actually, I was gonna. I was asking if all four teams could make it to the Final Four. Um, that would be quite a story. And I get, I'm sure the rest of the country would love to see that from the SEC. Yeah, the old John Thompson Big East, very jealous uh, of four SEC teams getting there. Listen, Greg Sankey's done it in football. He, he probably could do it. And we did it. Hey, two, two SEC teams that didn't even win their division playing in the College World Series last year. So wouldn't be the first time it's happened in major sports. Um, all kidding aside... You guys asked me this, uh, you know, I, I recommend WNML around 1.30 central time on Wednesdays, um, but you guys asked me this, so I'm going to credit my source here because I'm just going to steal the question, but why is this Tennessee basketball team more capable of making a run than last year's Tennessee basketball team? Well, because I think the defense is uh, truly elite, like last year's defense was really good, but this offense, I believe, is capable, and I know there's the, well, what about away from home follow-up, but I think Tennessee's offense is capable of being uh, more consistent 
and a bigger threat because Kennedy Chandler and also Zakai Ziegler coming off the bench provide real leadership at that point position, real playmaking. The defense can create offense as well, but there was just a tremendous fear that there was no way to get out of any kind of offensive slump a year ago in the Auburn game. Tennessee was in the middle of an offensive drought and then figured things out from there. Vescovy can hit a shot. Josiah Jordan-James can hit a shot. Chandler can get you buckets. They can get to the free throw line and and hit them with Ziegler and, and Vescovy. And then John Fulkerson still capable. I think by the end of last season, there was real concern that he just wasn't going to be able to get anything together. He's continued to show back up. Uh, for Tennessee. So there are a number of guys on the offensive end of the floor that I can at least have confidence Tennessee can count on. Last year, if things went cold, they weren't going to heat back up. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And uh, with that, we'll we'll start talking about dingers here pretty soon because they keep hitting them up in Knoxville. Josh Ward, WNML, of course, WNML.com, at Josh underscore Ward. Can't wait to talk to you next week when we're talking about Selection Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for joining us. As usual, my friend, have a great weekend. Beautiful time of year. Thank you. I know it's a day late, but it's time for some golden nuggets here. The guys over at the Club and Country Podcast, the soccer show about Nashville SC that you should be listening to, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan. And they were looking back at the win over Seattle, one of the biggest wins in all of MLS in the first weekend, and wanted people to know just how extraordinary the defensive performance was by the boys in gold. Seattle didn't manage a shot on target until they were trailing, until the 86th minute, in fact. It's the 21st time that Nashville has held an opponent to two shots on frame or fewer. And in that span, it's only happened to Seattle at home eight times over the last couple seasons. New season, same Nashville defense. But same Nashville defense, but maybe different Nashville defense, right? Yeah, because yeah, they actually were, defended set yeah. pieces really well, too. Yeah, there were seven attacking half free kicks and eight corners for Seattle. Uh, last year's Nashville defense probably would have given up a goal in those uh, 15 tries in, in the attacking <laughs> area. And then, of course, you know, the, the result is the same in terms of how high quality Nashville's defense is in the run of play. But the style was pretty different. We'll talk a lot about it. More pressing, more trying to win second balls. That was something very different from what Nashville SC has done in the past couple of years. And they still found a way to succeed while kind of changing philosophy a little bit. If you want to hear more about Nashville SC, make sure you're subscribed to the Club and Country podcast. Tim Sullivan, Wes Bowling, they had a long conversation with TV analyst Jamie Watson about the Minneapolis game coming up this weekend. So make sure you're checking that show out. It is growing like crazy. We got some big announcements coming for that show as well. So just make sure you're tuned in as Nashville SC begins its third season in MLS in Nashville. Again, that's the Club and Country podcast. Go check it out. Those are your golden nuggets for the day. Make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Of course, the 440 brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. If you own a home and you're going to make some big decisions about a renovation or a custom build, all you need to know is the name, the Kingston Group. Give them a call. Check out their work, BuildKG.com. Thank you guys all for hanging out with us. Of course, please rate, review, subscribe, share the product. That's really important to us. Check out the YouTube page as well. At 440 Sports on Twitter, we're closing in on 1,000. Could really use your support. We really, really appreciate it. My name's Braden Gall, at Braden Gall on Twitter. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Thursday, March 3rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.